0: Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can.
1: This episode of Hey Soul Sister podcast is brought to you by the fabulous sponsor, What's On Newcastle, from the city of Newcastle. All you need to do is go to whatson.newcastle.newsouthwales.gov.au for all the best information about our city. Hey Soul Sisters, I have the fabulous Meg Linton in here with me today. Hey Meg. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you because Soul Sisters, if you're listening, I spoke at an event, a Babes Unite event it's called a couple of weeks ago and I was sitting in the room kind of waiting to go up and do my talk and I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to talk a bit about you know do, doing your inner work and why we need to do that to help us navigate our crazy life journey and Meg was actually the speaker before me and she blew me away because Because without any notes, she just spoke from the heart, spoke from her soul and talked about the inner work that we all need to do. And so I was like, okay, we need Meg on Hey Soul Sister. We need to know more about her and the crazy, wonderful life journey she's been on and what she's doing because Meg is a girl who's determined to change the world. She's a yogi, a writer, the creator of Watch Your Language. That's right. Yes. 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 And a soulful spiritual woman who helps many, many other women in our community. I'm so keen to know about your journey Mm -hmm. because you are a girl determined to change the world and to make life better for other people.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for that beautiful intro. It's a absolute pleasure to meet you as well, to be honest. I felt such a good vibe in that day. It was such a powerful day to spend with others and you know, women empowering each other is the most beautiful place to be as well.
1: Absolutely. I
0: agree. Yeah. It just feels really good. And I just want more and more of that.
1: It really does. You can actually feel it Yeah, in the room. Yeah. Like there's a beautiful energy and a vibe when women come together like that and come from that really good, heartfelt, soulful. Yeah, it's honest, isn't place. it?
0: Every single woman that was there was so open and vulnerable, which gave permission for others to do the same. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so you're a yogi. Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm relatively new yogi, to be honest. I've probably been teaching only about five or six years. Yeah. And it was an absolute gift to discover yoga.
1: How long did it take you for you to do your
0: yoga teacher training? Mm, Probably about six months, it was. Yeah. And it was just an absolute game changer for me. So what did yoga
1: bring to your life? Presence. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It just taught me to be like, Oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. This is interesting. There's stuff going on around me, but it has nothing to do with me. And it just took a long time for that to sink in. Yeah. But it just gave me space.
1: That's been one of my life learnings is that we have a habit as women to think that stuff that's going on around us and the way people are towards us is actually about us that we've done something wrong or right. And we totally judge ourselves and question our self-worth and question ourselves and that most of the time it actually has nothing to do with us
0: no 100% that was a really really interesting thing you've just said myself included have spent nearly 30 years taking on other people's comments or words and made it my own story when it's not personal we don't know what anybody else is going through it's like kids in a schoolyard when they bully another they don't do that from a place of love there's something going on for them as well and the same thing goes as we move through our adult lives it's it's our choice whether or not we take it on board
1: or not so how did you get Get to that point of learning and understanding that oh goodness through
0: practice and through my own struggles with many eating disorders mental health anxiety all of that and it was I spent many many years in that I think from quite a young age I talk about that now in my book as that was my gift I truly see that as a blessing Yeah. to now do what I do today because I wouldn't be here otherwise doing what I love and actually getting in front of places like this or on the weekend or working in schools. I'm so grateful for all of it, but yeah. it was a little bit of a rough ride along the way, but I think we all have one of those. Yeah.
1: Do you mind sharing a little bit about your rough ride? I stayed in my book
0: and when I do speak to sort of kids or adults or any groups that I do believe my eating disorder started at the age of six, it was from a comment that somebody else made when I was in like the schoolyard and it was nothing to do with myself, but I took somebody else's words on board and I made it my story. So we were playing some sort of games in the the schoolyard and it was like, you're not pretty enough to be on our team. And it was in that moment that I chose to believe a different story about myself.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? It does because I remember being in kindergarten Mm. and I had – a friend, she was an Indian girl. Yeah. Her name was Anita and she was a really, really nice guy. I really liked her and she was little and uh, I was, I've was i always been a tall girl. Yeah. Know? She was a little girl and I really liked her. And I remember she had a sister who was two years older than us and we were eating lunch one day kindy and her older sister and friends came around and they're going oh anita you're so cute oh my goodness you're so cute and i remember standing there and they didn't say you're not cute yeah but they kept fussing over anita and she was she was gorgeous but i read that as i'm not cute
0: it's so interesting isn't it the way we we see things in front of us and especially when we're really young yeah exactly that i i took those words and i went what's wrong with me Yeah, And that was where my head went. I'm like, well, what do I need to do to be pretty enough to be liked? I guess from that moment, I I started to practice a lot of things differently. And I say the word practice because I believe everything up until this moment right now is a practice. (laughs) So I became really, really good at practicing perfectionism. I became really good at practicing people pleasing, became really, really good at self sabotage and beating myself up and wanting to be the best at everything. Wow! So I competed for that and that became what I knew really, really well, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So in in terms of like sport or schooling
0: or everything, I wanted to be the best at everything and I just couldn't handle it if I wasn't, I changed to be around different people to be liked as I said, perfection for me was never, ever achievable because you can't achieve perfection, but we keep striving for it anyway.
1: And that wanting to be liked, you know, I think so many of us people please, because oh. we want people to like us.
0: Yeah. And it takes so much freaking effort, so much effort. But as, I mean, as we're young kids, we go through these, these journeys and these stages and You know, that developed obviously into my, I was quite a professional swimmer at the time and I just pushed and pushed and I was doing and doing and doing and that then stemmed onto about my mid-teens where I then had a choice where I was seeing grey. I felt so much depression, I felt sadness, I felt unworthiness. I was constantly in self-sabotage, just not thinking I was enough.
1: Is that because you felt that you needed to strive to be the best still, but you felt you weren't achieving that? 100%. Yeah, I just nothing
0: I did was ever good enough. Oh, Meg. And it was on my own perception of what was going on around me. Yeah. So I decided to choose not to eat at that age. I was like, oh, this is one thing I can control. So I'm going to be the best at that. So I decided to be the best at having an eating disorder at that time, which was anorexia. Mm. And I did nail it pretty quickly, <laughs> to put it bluntly.
1: Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Hey, sisters. Newcastle plays host to some amazing spectacles and live events, from the Supercars to the Rip Curl Pro to Surfest and our Epic Arts Festival. There's always something incredible to do in our amazingly vibrant and diverse city. To check out what's on offer, wales. Gov.au. do you mind me asking how far down the rabbit hole did you go with the anorexia
0: sure it was pretty quick i believe i was quite numb through the time a lot of my childhood is quite numb i don't remember a lot of things with that of what i sort of did however the eating disorder was probably about three months after i made the decision to not eat then that was it. I'd do anything I could to hide food, to hide what I was doing. I lied all the time as that's, that's yeah. what all part of the process. They say the anorexia is a completely different persona to the person you are. And it is the anorexia just takes over your mind and you just go into a control state. So it was about three months. I got down to about 35 kilos.
1: Wow. Yeah. How were your
0: parents? Devastated. I don't like to say the word typical male, but my dad was just very much like didn't know what to do, didn't have the tools to deal with it. They did the best that they could do with the tools that they had as what we all do. I guess he kind of just worked and worked and worked and numbed or run as what we tend to do when things are difficult. And I think mum as what we've further interviewed on with my mm. mum as well. She just fell into guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really tough journey for everyone around, not just myself, but
1: every single person involved. Did you acknowledge at that time, like, were like, I have an eating disorder? You were like, hang on, I'm just doing this.
0: Such an interesting question. Yeah. No, at the time, you you know you're unwell. You know that things are not good. However, you can't get out of the grips of it because all you want to do is lose more weight. And that's the difficult thing. Where do you stop? Yeah, that's it. That's where it becomes quite dangerous. So I think it was at 36 kilos. I got taken to a medical professional at that point. I was a dietician and it was basically get in get out, eat this. You got to eat these calories. Once you have an eating disorder, always you'll have an eating disorder. I don't believe those words should ever be said to anybody, to be honest, because I took those words as we spoke about on the weekend and I went, ah, this is my label. Cool. I've just been labeled with this fantastic yeah. I'm just gonna milk it and so it was from that time that I just was constantly battling putting on a little bit of weight and then I would got bulimic of course and then it was 10 to 12 years of bulimia which was I believe more damaging than the anorexia really you can ridiculously mess up your body your teeth can fall out your hair falls out you really mess up your digestive system. I didn't have periods for nearly twelve years. When we were talking yeah. about her periods the other day I was like, "Yes, every time I get my period, I'm like, thank you, proud <laughs> me
1: walked in the studio." How are you and I was like, "Oh, well, day like, one of my period, I'm not good." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's I do I have so much gratitude for it, and no matter how heavy it is or hard it is, I'm like, "Cool, that's so good. My body's working again, and I'm so damn grateful because I, I nearly royally messed it up."
1: How do you come out of that?
0: I didn't. I had a breakdown, to be honest. So I got to my 30s.
1: Did you carry all that
0: time? 100%. Yeah, through my 20s, I just partied, so I numbed. I consistently was numbing. I took every drug under the sun. I drank loads of alcohol. I just was partying because I didn't want to feel what was going on. They say, what is it that you're unwilling to feel? But I had no tools at the time. I knew nothing about yoga. All I knew was being a personal trainer and exercising in a gym so I numbed and I did everything I could to not feel so by the age of 30 I was working as a personal trainer 50 clients a week 30 minute sessions back to back teaching all over the shop I was spending ridiculous money online shopping I was so addicted to online shopping and I broke one day it was all just too much I woke up one day, I nearly drove straight into a truck because I hadn't been sleeping. My hair was falling out. I was so unwell. I couldn't read the pages of a book, like one page, nothing went in. My mind was just ridiculously messy and I was literally seeing grey.
1: Meg, I love that you're just so real about this because so many of us get fearful around sharing our story and actually getting real about going, actually, this happened to me because of the guilt and shame they feel around mm. that yep. because they think they'll be judged to be honest i'm actually quite
0: grateful for everything that's happened because i see so much go on not just on social media but i work in schools a bit and i just see the the judgement and the criticism and the words that not just kids and but also parents speak to themselves yeah and i'm so damn like determined to change it
1: so that's led you to this whole path of developing What's your language mm. Yeah, which is a program you deliver in schools.
0: Yes, it is. Schools and also to bigger kids as well. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Because I think it's not just kids that still struggle with it. It's also, I think, adults and also men as well that have practiced a certain way of speaking to ourselves and have got really good at it. And we find it really difficult to speak to ourselves with compassion, acceptance.
1: Because mm. that's what what Your Language is about. It is. It's about the way we speak to ourselves. hundred percent.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Just shifting it. When we pick ourselves up, when we're judging ourselves or comparing ourselves to somebody else, actually forgiving that and just becoming aware that we're thinking that and replacing that with a kinder way yeah. of speaking or, or a thought.
1: Rebecca Gibson has been a guest on Hey Soul Sister a couple of times, and we have been talking about connecting to your soul and and the soul versus the ego, and really, you know, the ego is that part of ourselves that we're talking about. It's like coming from fear, judgment, all those kind of negative emotions and attachments that we have, Mm -hmm. and about shifting that to coming from the soulful space, which is around coming from love, kindness, compassion, and the difference that that makes in your life to any situation. 100%.
0: Yeah We always have a choice,
1: right? Absolutely And how sabotaging the ego is Our ego, which is that part of ourselves That's attached to what people think of us Being fearful in new situations Judgment All of that stuff All of that kind of stuff That actually is not kind or soulful or loving And then how do we actually have awareness around that And then switch it and catch yourself in the moment Mm.
0: I love that you're having these conversations because it's so needed. The more I think we hear it, the more we become aware of being aware is when we can do something about it. I think it's the most important thing in fear. I've learned to slowly shift my fear as what Gabby Bernstein says, Tur- I turn my fear into faith. Every time I feel triggered or scared or self-doubt, I'm like, oh, there's some exciting stuff around the corner because this is new to me. This is unfamiliar. I'm starting to think differently. Yeah, I feel really weird in this space. Great bring it on more yeah so it's just shifting that you get curious not critical about the things that go on around us yeah when we're curious about things that show up in our body rather than judge them or criticize them it's a completely different vibe for your nervous system
1: let's get soulful
0: on social media search the sister code facebook page and follow us
1: on instagram so talk to us about language yeah. how important is language And when we say language, it's the words we speak to ourselves and others.
0: 100%. Rumi once said the words we speak become the house we live in. And I remember hearing that when I first did my yoga teacher training. And I was like, that's interesting. Maybe I've created this. And it was just at that time when I started my yoga teacher training at the talk on Sunday. The one thing that I had to do was I had to learn something different. I had to learn how my brain was consistently triggering and thinking the same thoughts. So I started to study into neuroplasticity. That was a bit of a game changer for me, just recognizing how much my practice thoughts and my practice words were becoming my reality. And Dr. Joe Dispenza says in his teachings from the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, as thoughts can make us sick and they can, is there the possibility that thoughts can make us well?
1: Have you heard about Messages from Water?
0: Oh, Dr. Moto. Yes.
1: Oh, this is one of the, my fo- most favourite teachings. Same. I love it. I've got two of his books. Yeah. One is Messages Powerful. from Water and the other one is actually a picture book yes. of the water crystals that
0: he I've got it. Up, yeah, I've got the pictures on my phone, on yeah. my Instagram. I, just the best teachings ever.
1: So, I first heard mm-hmm. of him years ago when I watched the documentary What the Bleep Do We Know, which is an awesome Awesome documentary. I agree. And there's a part in that doco where they talk about these experiments that this Japanese scientist is yeah, he a scientist he was. Yep. was doing. So he he was getting water and putting them into little bottles. And on the bottles he would put like a label with a word on there. So it might be love. It might be hate. It might be thank you. It might be kindness. It might be evil. It might be all these different positive and negative words. Mm. And then he would do that overnight and then freeze the water crystals from those vials and then look through them do a special microscope. Had back in the nineteen eighties, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's fascinating. If you, okay, you need to Google this because you need to see the crystals. So the water crystals that were from the bottles that had positive messages like love, kindness, compassion, were the most beautiful patterns. They're like snowflakes, weren't they? Beautiful Mm. snowflakes. But interestingly, the water crystals from the bottles of water that had negative words on the labels like hate or i hate you or devil or evil or whatever that was they were ugly they, 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 they were had no mal- structure no structure mm. they were malformed yeah
0: yeah it's such a powerful experiment
1: yes and so the whole premise is if your thoughts can do that to water mm-hmm. and your b- body what is our body yeah our body's 70 percent water yeah what can your thoughts do to your life and your body yeah
0: it's so powerful. It's a really good one. You can even do it with rice. If you've got kids, honestly, like look into that. It yeah. it really puts it in perspective as just how powerful our thoughts and our words can be as per what goes on around us, what we see, our physical bodies, everything.
1: So that's what you teach now?
0: Yeah, it's just keeping it simple. It's taken, that's I think what this be here method is. In my book, I've always come back to a bit of an affirmation and this affirmation is just about being present And it's something along the lines of, I see you body. So actually going, okay, what is happening right now in my physical body? Because we all have a body and it's the first thing that we're going to see when things are triggering us in our environment. Yeah. So I see you body. I feel you emotion. So I feel you anxiety or I feel you self-doubt or I feel you worry. Does that make sense? Yes. So just paying attention. Okay. I'm experienced. I see this. I feel this. And then actually asking, what is it that our heart needs? Yeah. Okay, how can I give my heart compassion? What do I need to do for myself to, to soften? Because when we soften, compassion and gratitude and appreciation are the highest vibration we can have. That energy softens down our nervous system and it sends us into our ventral vagal nervous system where we can breathe, we can make a good choice, and we're present. From that, it's, it's about empowering ourselves with knowledge To make a choice to respond, not to react. Yeah. So when we respond, we're present. When we're in reactivity, we're on autopilot. And the last one is to shift our energy. So from that place of response, we can shift our energy, not just to change our energy, but you can shift the energy in a room. Yeah. Just by being present and making a better choice.
1: And I think the key is awareness, which is why I do hate soul sister. It's why I've got you here, because we all need, to develop our own self-awareness And I certainly know in my 20s And I, I would say for a good portion of my 30s You kind of stumble around through life Kind of, you know, not really I Stopping that, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Still like, and, and not stopping and reflecting about Okay, what's going on for me? How am I reacting to things? How are things affecting me if I am with somebody And they say something and it upsets me or triggers me yeah. uh, Or, you know, how does that affect my mood? How am I showing up? Um I know when I had the breast cancer, that was one of my big breakthroughs and having the time to reflect and thinking yeah. about how do I show up in the world and when I get through this chemotherapy but you treatment, also how do I want to be different? space
0: yeah. to there, which yeah, yeah has given you that opportunity to to pause and reflect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. Exactly. I remember lying on the floor of my room you know, feeling like death, but going, when I get through this, how do I want to be different? I don't want to come out of this the same person. I want to come out happier, more peaceful. Mm. I want more love and good relationships and all of that great stuff in my life. And you're right. I had the space then, unfortunately, going through breast cancer treatment to reflect on that.
0: Yeah. A lot of the times we can be in a world where it's just so busy. And if things are consistently busy for us, then we are practicing being busy we don't have enough space for mindfulness or awareness to drop in. So we can't actually make a good choice. Daniel Siegel in his book, Mindsight talks on the hand model of the brain and what actually happens in our prefrontal cortex. This area of our prefrontal cortex is what keeps us present. That's where we're we're blessed to have that as humans. However, if we're too busy and too fast, this area of our prefrontal cortex, we basically flip our lid and we are just operating out of our amygdala and out of that primitive sense of our brain. So we're, constantly on autopilot making the same decisions choices and behaviors
1: so to get that awareness where we can self-reflect and see how we're showing up and how we're thinking how we're responding all of that stuff Mm. we need space we need time and time for reflection yeah
0: yeah to pause it's it's like anything we can't do all the time it's the duality of of life as such isn't it Mm. it's you can't have the good without the bad the sun without the moon and etc we just can't keep being busy will break like what I did
1: mm. I
0: literally hit a wall and that forced me to stop yeah and that was it. it it sent me to Bali where I paused and I went what do I need to do here to change it? I cannot keep living that same way making these same choices because that's not where I want to be in 10 years I need to do something about it but if I hadn't have paused I wouldn't have been able to to pick that up yeah and who knows I guess where that would be now
1: yeah yeah and so now you're out serving the world you were out there changing yeah. the world
0: I still look at this and I'm like, holy shit, how did I get here? I do pinch myself nearly every morning to go, wow, this is what I do. And it really does blow my mind sometimes. And I do not take it for granted to do what I love. It's just amazing. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to sisterco.com.
1: So what have you learned on your crazy life journey about yourself?
0: I'm still learning so much from so, myself. <laughs> uh, this, bo- this book writing process yeah. has been the hugest journey, but in such a great way.
1: Isn't the creative process that is a journey in itself? Oh. When you do anything creative, it's like because you picture how you think something's going to be, but then actually when you go through the road to get to that, you're like, oh, yeah. damn, I need.
0: <laughs> it has taught me to surrender. I don't know if I shared this on Sunday. My nan passed away in December last year. And it's taught me to not hold on to anything at all, to not look back on a situation into the should've, could'ves or would would'ves and to trust the process 100% and to not hold blame, shame or guilt because it doesn't serve us at all. Yeah, It takes up space in our bodies. When my nan passed, she was holding on to lots of things and it came out physically, came out on the walls, As help me. I've been a bad person. I can't forgive myself. The morphine jumped out of her arm. She was holding on to so much tension. And she is my biggest teacher for so many reasons to not hold on to the things where we've judged ourselves or we've blamed ourselves or we think we've been a bad person because we all mess it up and it's not worth it. We have this moment to just do the best we can right now and show up for our higher self, whatever that is in this moment, however messy, however imperfect, just show up as you are, meet yourself where you're at. Yeah. And she just has taught me to surrender and the same with writing the book, to surrender what is, to yeah. take the lessons as they come every day to do this, like trust the process 100%. And so what's next for you on your life journey? I'm a yoga teacher. You said-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, what have you got next? I'm like, I don't know.
1: I love that. You're like, I'm just in the present. I'm just living now.
0: I <laughs> they love always that. always ask me to listen and I'm like, I don't know. There's a schedule over there. Go check. Yeah. For me, getting this book out. as I said it's one to two chapters away I've got a program that I'm launching in schools now I have a six-week program that starts on the 28th of May which is an online group but I do I want to travel Australia first hopefully overseas soon but I really want to bring this teachings of the be here method out to as many people not just women but also kids as possible
1: my friend you're amazing so are you. I'm actually really glad I met you. Oh, back at you. Yeah. So, so grateful. I know. It's really wonderful kind of, you know, going into something like that, an event with lots of women who, you know, I walked in, I'm like, I don't know if I know anybody nope. here. <laughs> I have no idea. But to come in and, and, and you know, then I see you a shining light on stage and hear you talking about your journey and what you've learned and wisdoms for other women. And I go, I love that. That's beautiful. I learned so much from everybody else there as well. Mm. I think
0: at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of us. I think we can hold so much that. And I spent way too many years worrying about what other people think. And I think when we speak from our heart and our truth, we're exactly where we need to be.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sol, sister. Thank you oh. so much for having me. I oh, love your work. Meg, now how can people find out more about you
0: and what's your language? Sure. So if you head over to my Instagram page, probably the easiest place so it's watch underscore yeah underscore language
1: great thank you thank you so much beautiful (sighs) hey soul sisters thanks for listening to
0: hey soul sister with mel histon what would help help you on your your crazy crazy life life journey (laughs) email melissa at the sister code.com
1: today's episode of hey soul sister podcast was brought to you by What's On Newcastle, the website from the City of Newcastle that gives you all the great information of the exciting things that are going on in our city. All you need to do is go to whatson.newcastle.nsw.gov.au.